You're listening to GDA Podcast, powered by GDA Speakers, now available on iTunes and all other podcast platforms with new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. GDA Podcast showcases insightful conversations from the best thought leaders, educators, policy experts, motivators, and storytellers on the keynote speaking circuit today. Want today's guest at your next event? Call GDA Speakers at 214-420-1999 or visit gdaspeakers.com. And now, here's this episode of GDA Podcast with hosts Scale and Kyle Davis. Enjoy. All right, so with us on uh, GDA Podcast for Apple Podcasts, because I believe they've rebranded it from iTunes Podcast, Apple uh, Podcasts, uh, we have Anders Sorman Nielsen, and we're going to talk uh, or discuss really kind of his philosophy on whether uh, he's a, a future phobe or a future file. And, and with that, uh, take it away, Anders. Fantastic. Yeah, the, uh, the terminology here in many ways is whether – you know, you have a fear of the future or whether you're a future phobe or whether you have a love of the future. In other words, you're a future file. Certainly, I'm a future file uh, and uh, I pronounce my guilt for being a lover of all things futuristic. It's not necessarily that I'm a neophile and focus on the shiny new penny. Uh, I believe in many ways that the, the future is about combining the best of tradition and the best of technology, the best of both artificial intelligence and traditional human intelligence together. Uh, but what we do see around the world today is that there are so many people inside organizations, all the way from the CEO down to the front lines, who are very future phobic. They are afraid of losing market share. They are sort of nostalgic about the good old days of business when they had huge patents and, and, and market monopolies. And they're fearful of the fintechs and insurtechs that are eating their lunch. And that mindset needs to shift. There's so much to be happy about. There's so much to be excited about when it comes to digital platforms and how digital now is really democratizing business for anybody to be able to be competitive. And one of my favorite things in business is not just when I work with startups or entrepreneurs and social enterprise that are doing things really, really, really quickly. But when I see heritage brands, uh, old school businesses, sort of having that light bulb moment and, and shifting out of heritage while keeping the best bits that have always worked in business, but also amplifying them with new digital tools. That's when I get really future philic uh, and get really excited because I do think that we can now teach old dogs new tricks. Uh, we've shown that neuroplasticity is a real thing scientifically. Uh, and I love to see when our audiences do get inspired by the avant-garde ideas that we share with them from around the world that both expand their minds, but also lead them to a, a change of heart. Um, and that moves them into the space of being future files as opposed to being future folks. What? I guess along this, uh, along the the linear progression of being a future file. I mean, what are your thoughts on on uh, future proofing your business? And if you believe that the future is coming, you know, figuring out how to position yourself, uh, you know, moving forward, even though you don't know which direction the the road may take you. Yeah, I think so many people, and again, maybe this is is evidence that so many people are future phobes. 
is that they talk about the future as something that we have to kind of insure ourselves against. I believe that, you know, the future is where we're going to spend the rest of our lives. So we better start, you know, actively and proactively preparing for that future in, in, a, in a proactive and responsible manner. Uh, the future is not a scary place. It doesn't need to be a scary place. And oftentimes when we hear about you know, change and change management. It seems like such a reactive thing that change and the future has to be managed somehow. But it's really just about learning and adapting and being agile. You know, if we cast our minds back, maybe it was when we learned how to play sports, uh, gridiron, uh, lacrosse, whatever sports you're in, or even when you're back at school. You know, a lot of us really had a love of learning. And sometimes through life, we sort of forget about that love for learning. Learning is just change. Change is learning. And if it's one thing that I would encourage businesses to do, if they do obsess about this idea of future-proofing, is to introduce a love of learning and having a love of learning as being one of their cultural pillars uh, because unless we learn, we'll run the risk of losing out to machine learning. Machines are programmed to learn. Artificial intelligence keeps getting better. And unless human intelligence also evolves, we're going to be in real trouble. So a love of learning is certainly something I would encourage uh, your listeners to to get excited about. I love the way that you describe that because I've had the the phrase future-proofing described to me in two separate ways. Uh, one way is kind of the future-phobic way of, you know, the future's coming, so let's try to shore up that wall. And it's almost like, um, you know, winter is coming, you know, <laughs> let, let's get ready yeah. versus uh, preparing and creating an endpoint in hopes that something in the future um, uh, will, will come along to be able to uh, – utilize that endpoint. And I'm saying endpoints like everybody knows what an API is. Uh, So basically what I'm trying to say is, you know, opening yourself to the availability that something in the future may come in um, that can, you know, fix something that doesn't already exist. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, oftentimes, you know, building a wall or or as per your Game of Thrones analogy of winter is coming, um, you know, it's only so long can we sort of, you know, shore up a defense without sort of starting to play different different tactics. And, um, you know, I certainly believe that, you know, in the case of, say, you know, the taxi industry that we talked about a lot a few years back, you know, they're sort of um, they're sort of monopolistic play, say, in London, where taxi drivers sit the knowledge, which is the equivalent of a university degree in in really learning the back roads and the entire map of London. Um, For them, uh, for the taxi drivers, when they went out on strike for a week uh, to kind of get London into some kind of gridlock, uh, in that week, Uber membership went up 800%. And so you just wonder whether those you know, future phobic uh, sort of blocking tactics are really the tactics that are going to work for an incumbent as they seek to embrace a a digital world of new democratic possibilities. Yeah, I I remember when I was working at Square, we shared the same building with Uber uh, for their headquarters. And there was a day that the uh, San Francisco taxi drivers protested against Uber and they circled around the building blaring their horns complaining that they couldn't pick up any fares and i'm just sitting there going well if you're if you're not out and about you're not going to be able to pick up any but more importantly if 
it takes me 20 minutes to flag down a cab versus five minutes to, to get a ride share, whether it be Lyft or get along or, or Uber or any of these number of ride sharing apps, maybe you're, maybe you're using the wrong, um, uh, channel to, to pick up rides. So that's yeah. just kind of my thought process. And, and, and finally, I mean, now what we're seeing around the world, I was recently in, in Stockholm, Sweden, is that the taxi drivers uh, and the unions there have finally sort of come around to going, hey, maybe our customer experience sucked and maybe we deserve to be disrupted. And so now what you are seeing is that the taxi industry is launching really good apps. They've launched a, a more premium version of the taxis in, in Stockholm, Sweden, so that you can uh, effectively choose a taxi on the same terms as, as an Uber. And that would never have happened unless it was for that healthy new competition by the, the digital startup. Yep. Well, everybody, uh, I'm not going to name the company, but go out, live long and prosper. And thank you, uh, Anders, for uh, joining us. Fantastic. Great to be on the show. Thanks for listening to this episode of GDA Podcast, powered by GDA Speakers. If you're interested in booking today's guest, visit GDA Speakers at gdaspeakers.com or call 214-420-1999. Visit gdapodcast.com and subscribe to our newsletter to stay up to date and be informed of new episodes, blog posts, and more. Be sure to follow GDA Podcast on Twitter and Instagram at GDA Podcast, as well as Facebook at facebook.com slash GDA Podcast. Thanks again and stay tuned for more from GDA Podcast and GDA Speakers.